serving communities in northern and central Wisconsin and the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. This is Aspirus Health Talk with Melanie Cole. There are many types of contraceptives available today that allow individuals to choose the type of birth control that best fits their lifestyle and budget. My guest today is Peggy Groenveld. She's a pharmacist at Aspirus Keweenaw Hospital. Welcome to the show, Peggy. So give us a little working definition of many different types of birth control methods that are out there and available for women today. Okay, Melanie. Well, the first and uh, most common type of birth control is uh, the oral contraceptive, commonly known as the pill. And that is available in many different formulations. It can be a continuous cycle where um, the woman wouldn't have her period at all or could just have it four times a year. And many women find that to be convenient, especially those that have heavy or painful periods. Then there's what's called the conventional cycle where you do have a period every month. You have a week during the month where you're off the pill or taking placebos. And the pill has a failure rate of less than 1% if you, um, in the theoretical world, in the real world, it's closer to 2 to 3%. But it's still a good choice for many women. Um, for those who don't want to have to remember to take a daily pill, there are other methods of reversible contraception, uh, such as the IUD, which can be left in place for 5 to 10 years, depending on the type of IUD. There are also uh, contraceptive implants, which are a newer form. And those are implanted in the upper arm under the skin, and those last for three to five years. Uh, there's also a Deprovera injection that's given every three months. And those are all good for women who want a long-term contraception but don't want to have to remember to take a daily pill. Um, for women who want contraception only on an occasional basis or those who are worried about STDs, the only contraception that provides protection from STD, of course, is a condom. And both male and female versions are available over the counter. They are not as effective in preventing pregnancy, but they do protect from STDs and can be a good choice um, for occasional contraception. Other barrier methods um, are the diaphragm, um, which requires a prescription or a cervical cap. And those can be good choices for women who don't want to take um, a hormonal form of contraception. Um, The only difficulty some women find with that is that you have to have it handy before intercourse and be able to insert it within an hour or two before intercourse. Um, There's also natural family planning for women who don't want to use um, other forms of contraception or who can't for medical reasons. And those are good forms um, for women if they have a provider who's trained in those. Are you talking about like ovulation kits that show you what your cycle is so that you can plan that way? Right, not necessarily a kit, but there are... um, OBs and family practice doctors who um, help you, you know, take your temperature. So you have to be you have to be committed to those sort of natural family methods. But right, it's based on ovulating and avoiding unprotected sex um, when you do ovulate. So um, those are for women who are who are committed to keeping a careful track of their cycle um, because they cannot use other forms of birth control. So let's speak about IUDs and implants for a minute, because the American Academy of Pediatrics and the American College of Obstetrician and Gynecologists are recommending IUDs and contraceptive implants as a first-line option for sexually active teens as well. So what is an IUD? Who puts that in? How long is it in? Right. An IUD stands for an inner uterine device, and there are two forms commonly used in the United States. The first one is a copper form, um, and the second one is one that has levonorgestrel, a form of estrogen, in it, and it releases that. So the second type, the levonorgestrel-releasing one, um, does have a hormonal component. So it would have side effects um, similar to a hormonal 
birth control pill. Um, the copper one has no hormone, but copper the copper prevents um, implantation. Both of both IUDs have um, high rates of effectiveness, less than one percent. You know, like point zero two percent or something of unplanned pregnancies. Um, they have to be inserted by a by a practitioner, so inserted in the doctor's office. And if the patient desires continued contraception and there are no difficulties, they can remain in place for five to ten years. And now people have been hearing about the morning after pill or emergency contraception. Speak about that. The morning after pill is exactly what, you know, the sooner it's used after unprotected sex, um, the more effective it is. It is now available over the counter, so you can go to a pharmacy and um, get it over the counter. You don't even have to, in most states, go up to the pharmacy counter and get it, but it is without a prescription in every state. Um, and there are two two different forms. One is a one-dose and one is a two-dose, and the, all the instructions are right on the package. The biggest side effect with that, because you are getting a large dose of hormone is nausea and vomiting, and there are instructions right on the package. If you vomit it up soon after taking it, you'll have to take another dose. But otherwise, it's um, pretty self-explanatory, and it is available over the counter. With all of these types of contraceptive that devices that you've been speaking about, how does somebody decide, Peggy? And when people ask you which one might be right for them, how do you tell them which one to look at? Right. Well, there's no one best method, of course. So you have to kind of get to know the person and their lifestyle and their personal preference. And also if they have any individual health concerns, um, for instance, oral contraceptives can help with painful periods or endometriosis. So if someone has one of those conditions, I would steer them toward an oral contraceptive. But um, it also depends on their personal preference. Do they need, are they concerned about STDs? Do they need a, a method that would help protect from that? Um, are they the kind of person who's very routine and could remember to take a pill daily? Um, so it would it's it's highly variable, and uh, um, you would need to talk with their pharmacist and their health practitioner to determine the best choice for them. So there's a lot of myths and questions regarding oral contraception. So first, do they make you gain weight? People would like to know if they lose their sex drive from using these, and that some medications might interact. Can you answer those? Right. Those are all common concerns with oral contraceptives. So first, gaining weight. There, um, that's a common belief among practitioners and patients, and um, there's some basis for that. But um, long-term studies have shown that there's no, they can't rule out a small weight gain with contraceptives, but studies have looked at thousands of women, um, both on oral contraceptives and not, and looked at their weight gain over years, and um, there's no statistically significant difference between the weight gain between the contraceptive and the um, non-contraceptive using women. Um, the pill can make you sometimes retain fluid, um, especially during the time of the month where you're off the pill if you're not on the continuous, where you're on the placebo. So that fluid retention or bloating can make you feel like you're gaining weight. But um, there's no evidence that large weight gains are caused by being on the pill. Um, for interactions, there are some interactions um, people need to be aware of. A lot of people think of antibiotics um, as interacting with birth control, but studies have shown that the only antibiotic that um, really lowers the effectiveness of birth control is rifampin, which is very rarely used. So most antibiotics um, that are prescribed, they all come with that little sticker on the bottle that says may reduce the effectiveness of birth control, but studies have shown there really is no no significant decrease with those. Um, a couple of drugs, though, do significantly decrease birth control, and uh, patients would need to be aware of those. And most of those are anti-seizure medications such as Dilantin, Topamax, 
And patients who are on anti-seizure medications, we usually recommend they use a different form of birth control rather than oral contraception. And also an over-the-counter um, herb, sometimes used to treat depression, uh, called St. John's wort. That also decreases the effectiveness of birth control. So patients using that need to be aware. Um, that could, in, that could um, cause them to maybe need to look at a different form of birth control besides the pill. And finally, sex drive. That is a, another common, what I think of as a myth, because um, most studies have shown that it's one thing it's really hard to, to weed out all the different factors that affect our sex drive. But um, generally, women report an increase in their libido when they're using reliable contraception. However, there is some, some reports of women who find that their sex drive is decreased on an oral contraceptive. And there's um, a reason that oral contraceptives lower women's testosterone level, and that testosterone is really important to our sex drive. So um, there are different contraceptives that lower the testosterone more or less. So if you are, if you do find that you feel like your sex drive is lowered when you start the pill after a couple months and you're able to rule out other other reasons for that, talk to your provider about switching to a oral contraceptive that um, has a higher androgen content and would, would decrease your testosterone level less. And that may take care of the decreased sex drive. What great information. Wrap it up for us, if you would, Peggy, with your best advice for people that have so many questions about contraception options out there today. Well, my first advice is talk to your provider. Have a a primary care provider that you're comfortable with and can bring all your contraception and sexual health questions to. Also, talk to your pharmacist. We, um, We are knowledgeable about contraception, so we're happy to answer any questions that you have on that. But your healthcare provider really, your primary provider, has has all your health information and can recommend a best option. And also, if the option you're using, if it's not convenient or you have side effects you like, you don't like, don't be afraid to come in and talk to your provider and let them know. And there are many options out there. So don't be afraid to try several different um, contraceptive options until you find the one that's right for you. Thank you so much for being with us today. It's great information. You're listening to Aspirus Health Talk. And for more information, you can go to aspirus.org. That's aspirus.org. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.